0: Kia ora kouto, and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Get Sexual. I am Alicia and I'm the host of this Sexually Explorative Podcast. Welcome to part two of Thorea's story. I hope you have managed to go and listen to part one because it is fantastic and it is a great synopsis of key messages that Thorea learnt in her younger years. And part two we go into, over the last few years, how... These messages have affected Thorea, and also how other areas of her life have affected her relationship and her sexuality. So in this episode, we cover topics like mental health, so surviving with mental health issues, how it's affected Thorea's relationship with herself and with others. We talk about masturbation, bleeding during sex, how hard but awesome it is to be vulnerable, and how communication really affects relationships. This is a fantastic episode. It's a really conversational tone and Thorea did such an incredible job just opening up and getting really real about some of the shit that we go through and we face internally and externally. So I'm really excited for you to be able to listen to this. And in the last five minutes, we've got the candid corners because we had our little conversations on the side uh, before and after the episodes. There were some really interesting topics coming up about, you know, what would it like be like to have a penis? And also, you know, going into more about holy shit, and masturbating as a child was really normal. How crazy is it that we didn't know that and we all thought we were alone? So... You know, if you want tune into those last five minutes, it's it's up to you. It's a lot of fun, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get on to it. Here we go. Part two of Reyes story. I don't know if it's funny for you two to hear these stories on me, because I'm
1: like the complete opposite now. I am like boobs and all. God gave me <laughs> all of this, and I'm a flaunt it whichever way I want to flaunt it.
0: Hell oh yes.
1: Um, it wasn't until, yeah. yeah, um, probably uni. I remember in my first year of uni, I felt like such freaking ugly duckling. Like I hated myself so much. There was also, I was first year of law school trying to get in, like, didn't make any friends. So there was a lot going on. And I just remember being like, fuck, I'm hideous. I am so ugly. And like, when I started uni, that was the first time that I had seen so many other hijabis around Mm. like I didn't grow up we had family friends for sure but I didn't see them on a daily basis Mm. and all these hijabis at uni were stunning you know at uni this is when the majority of people are exploring with their identity Mm. and like you go from uniforms to like now you're allowed to wear whatever you want now you're allowed to wear makeup Mm. these hijabis were beautiful drop dead gorgeous and I just did not look like them I wore skinny jeans, um, an oversized shirt, and Nike shoes. Mm. And they wore these beautiful dresses, beautiful skirts, like, Mm. colorful, like, holy shit, they were beautiful. And I was like, well, cool, I feel even worse about myself. (laughs) And I made this friend, and I was telling her how, like, my insecurity around that. And she really... Um, supported me, I guess, in my journey to allow myself to explore different avenues. Like I was so like, no, but everyone knows me as a tomboy. So I'm not allowed to not be a tomboy anymore. She was like, why? Mm. I was like, well, because I don't know. Um, And so I started wearing different types of clothes that I really wanted to. And also there was an element of like, I didn't have a lot of money. So I couldn't buy all these pretty shit. Everyone else, I couldn't buy designer stuff. And then the year after that, my second year of uni, I moved down to Wellington. Wellington, no one knew me, and I was like, "I'm allowed to not be a tomboy anymore." And then also, no one knows me as a tomboy here. I guess you're allowed to try and experiment.
0: Exactly. And
1: that is when I started getting super into my clothes. I like was just wearing what I wanted to wear. I found my style. I would wear mascara every day. I try to get into makeup. I don't like makeup. I'm just, I don't have the time for it. Um, I'd rather sleep in in the morning. Mm -hmm. I rub my face a lot. I sweat a lot. So I'm just like, I'm not going (laughs) to bother with makeup. Um, And so that's when I really got into my personal identity. And then, I don't know, I guess wearing what I wanted Mm. just made me feel more sensual. I was like, damn, I look good. You know, giving myself permission to feel good about how I look. Mm. And it's interesting because when you first said sensual, I I straight away attributed that word to like sex, sexy. Mm. But really now, like saying the story, for me sensual is being confident in my own body. Mm. Absolutely. It's
0: that authentic exploration.
1: Yeah. So I felt super sensual from the age of, I think I was 19. Mm. That is when it started because I started wearing what I wanted to wear. I allowed myself to shed this identity of a tomboy that I thought I had to stick with for the rest of my life. Mm. I started wearing whatever I wanted to wear and I felt good. I'd look in the mirror and be like, I love this outfit. Oh my gosh. And then I'd go to class or like with my friends and they'd be like, oh my gosh, I love that top. And not that you need... Validation from someone else, but of course it's nice to hear. Yeah,
0: definitely, you
1: know. So yeah, that's that's my story. I, I became central with myself from the age of nineteen, and now I fucking love
0: uh, my body. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, boss! <laughs> that, that's a really key thing I think you've just highlighted. The ability to start almost like owning yourself physically helps you to mm-hmm. own something like, mentally. Like, it all mm-hmm. starts aligning more, and that just increases our ability to be sexual and sensual creatures mm-hmm. because how can we t- show up authentically sexually if yep. we have no idea who we are authentically 100% the- that, like oh
1: my gosh I just want to scream at the top of my lungs yes that is 1000% what it is it's mm-hmm. confidence and like so I at that time I was super confident in myself and I would say that's when I became sensual right yeah. difference between sensual and sexy I did not feel sexy at all I was still like ink i don't want to see myself naked um and i had a friend who had traveled a lot and she had gone to a couple of nudist beaches nudist yeah beaches um in her travels and would like take her top off and i'd be like oh you went could you see naked people like oh my gosh i was so naive mm. and i was like giggling like i can't believe you did that and she just looked at me like what the fuck <laughs> is up <that> with you <laughs> like yeah and what and I was like were you naked and she was like no I just went topless because I didn't feel comfortable and I was like interesting that you can decide what you want to do you know like again giving yourself permission to do what you want to do not what you think is expected um and I was just so like oh my gosh I mm, no way no way no way such a like we would call that prude but I don't like that term mm. And then I started getting, then I became sexually active. And again, very, like, what you just said is so true. How can we expect to be sensual and sexy in the bedroom if we don't explore that by ourselves? Mm -hmm. And so it was very, like, I shied away and I was like, I I had no fucking clue what I was doing at all. Mm -hmm. Like, it's funny (laughs) what was happening. And then fast forward to now, like I'm so different. So I, at that store, I was like, I cannot believe you would go to a nudist beach. Like I, I wouldn't, I could never see myself doing that. You went to a bathhouse? Yeah. She was like, yeah, but it's all woman. I'm like, I could never do that. Last year I went to Turkey. I went to a bathhouse and I was topless. And I was so, so, really like, so in a bathhouse, you've got a bench that you can't, you just like sit on and that opens up your pores. And then you go to like where the water is. So when I was on the bench, um, I was just, like, sprawled out. I was like, yo, this is me. Like, yeah, I, I'm i so confident in my body now. Like, I really just do not care. And then, like, even with flatmates, I think, like, Brie, you can attest to this. Like, I think every single person I've lived with has seen me naked. Yeah. And it's not because I, like, walk around naked and be like, look at me, look at me. It's just because I'm so comfortable that, like – i'll be changing and if someone calls my name and i'm topless or if i'm in a bra i'll just open my door and be like sorry what did you say and they're like what the hell I'm like what's <laughs> what i'm like oh sorry
0: yeah so it's just being comfortable and confident in your own body how did that get there though so from that time when you couldn't do that and you thought that part where you wanted to hide yourself and you couldn't be vulnerable in that way mm-hmm. how did that change and suddenly you're okay with it in the last few years
1: um a lot of self work so I suffered with depression and anxiety throughout university and I went to counseling and just explored a whole lot of avenues. And a lot of that was being self-reflective of myself, yeah. having these conversations. None of it was at the time. I, I, it wouldn't be about sex or my body. It would be about like, why am I sad all the time? Why do I have these beliefs? Why do I think I'm stupid? Why do I think I'm ugly? Like all this stuff and the tools that I learned there I have just taken to every avenue of my life
0: Mm.
1: and so it became I wonder why I don't feel that sexy is it an issue like even to ask myself is it an issue that I don't feel sexy it doesn't have to be an issue if you don't care about it who cares um you know for me it was like I don't care that I don't feel sexy but I care that I don't like my body I care that I'm giving myself so much hate. Mm -hmm. When if one of my friends did this, I would be devastated. But like, what are you doing talking to yourself this way? So I was like, well, if I don't want my friends talking to themselves this way, I shouldn't talk to myself this way. And I started working on myself. And so for me to what one of the tools that really helps me with my mental health is being physically active, working out, going to the gym. Mm -hmm. And When I was younger, when I was in year eight, so I would have been 12, I developed an eating disorder because I wanted to be skinny and pretty. I wanted to be a twig and I just could not get there. And so that mindset stuck with me of you're fat, you're ugly. And so when I used these tools to work on myself, I was like, I need to work on this whole fat, ugly thing. Like this is some bullshit. So I started going to the gym and got really strong and I just, I can't. I can't explain to you what the gym does for my mind. Like it just clears it up so much. So I went to the gym for that. And then I started getting really strong and I would look in the mirror and see my muscles be like, "Fuck, I'm so proud of that. I am so proud to see that because I had to work at it. So not only did the gym help me with my mind, it helped me appreciate my body. And I moved away from I want to go to the gym because I want to be pretty and skinny too. I want to go to the gym because I really like being strong and seeing what my body can do. And I really like it clearing my mind. And that led to me appreciating my body, which then like, so I, I guess like showing it off. Mm -hmm. I was a lot more comfortable showing off my body. Like if a flatmate came into my room, I wouldn't be like, hold on a second put on a jumper. I'd be like, yo, come on in. Like I'm so proud of this work. Mm-hmm. and so yeah that that's where it started and then it, it hasn't been linear of course it's not like I went to the gym got really ripped and like have stayed ripped like I fluctuated yeah. you know like well, I've <laughs> taken how many steps back <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah definitely I, yeah. I, I do that the same
1: and I would sometimes I like look at my body and be like oh damn it it's not what it was like when I was working out and like yeah at the start I would get sad but now I'm like but I still love it mm-hmm. You know, Like I haven't worked out in a couple of weeks now. It's funny. I was just about to justify why I don't need to justify it. I just haven't worked out. Yeah. So yeah. obviously my body doesn't look like what it looked like when I was working out. I don't care. I'm like, yo, I am still sexy because this body is keeping me alive. Like it's so strong. Yeah. It doesn't look like what it looked like when I was working out, but I can still lift the same amount of weights.
0: Yeah. And because
1: my mindset has changed
0: yes.
1: from looking good to being strong I'm like well as long as I can still lift the same amount of weights that's fine and even if I can't that's fine too because
0: I will get back up there because you know you know you've got that ability because you've gone on this mental health journey which is up and down a lot Mm -hmm. how has that affected your relationships holistic relationships but also your romantic relationships
1: whoa that's a good question i thought you were gonna ask how it affected my sex life i was gonna say it hasn't because when you're on antidepressants that's one of the side effects yes yes just as an aside so i was on one antidepressant didn't work out now i'm on another one and the doctor it was so interesting he was going through the list to see if this medication was all right for me yeah after i had been on it for a little while and he said what about your sex drive like is it higher? Is it lower? And I was like, no, it's the same. He was like, oh, okay, that's good. Just as in a size. So yeah, my six life is good. My drive is all good. I'm like libido. The motor is working. Everything is oiled. <laughs> wow! I got the warrant of fitness. <laughs> um, mental health and wow, such a good question. People need to ask this more. Far out. How has it affected my relationships? Um, when I am in a a depressive episode, I guess. I just shut down. There is no relationship with anyone. Mm. Um, I don't want to see anyone. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. And then when I get out of it, there's a lot of guilt, right? Because I've left all these people hanging and I'm like, oh, I am a horrible friend. Yeah. But I guess the cool thing is you filter through people and you see who you're – I mean, I, I feel – quite mean saying who's in your corner because people shouldn't feel obligated to stay if it's not good right so like there are people who don't talk to me anymore Um, I don't want to say it's because of the depressive episodes but I wouldn't be surprised if it has something to do with that and I don't hold any resentment towards them because that's not right for them I'm not bringing the energy they need yeah and I'm not going to take offense and be like, well, how could you? I was in such a bad state. I'll, I'll take offense and I'll be like, how could you? I was in such a bad state. If they treat me poorly or if they hold me to like expect unrealistic expectations, then I'll be like, that's not cool. But if they decide, hey, this isn't going to work out, like it's really bringing me down. It's like, cool, you go on your way and I'll go on mine. And I really hope that the energy around you changes without mm-hmm. me there um with romantic relationships holy fuck god i don't even know where to start i shared this um article on my facebook page like five years ago i can't remember what it was called it was something along the lines of what it's like being depressed when you're or what it's like being in love when you're depressed mm. um i actually don't know if i answer this list you need to give me specific <laughs> questions it's right. fucking horrible like I, I don't know what it's like for the other person I feel so bad there's so much guilt yep. That's. I think that sums it up there is so much guilt on my part I really don't know what it's like for my partner yep. um, I can't answer that mm. but fuck there's a lot of guilt a lot of guilt because so I feel like I'm taking more than I'm giving
0: how do you try to navigate that because you're in a, you know, you're in a relationship now, and mm. you know you still go through these episodes. That's the thing, right? Love does not solve yeah. mental health.
1: Unfortunately, like, am- what? how cool would it be if that was the cure? <laughs> 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 love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if ever, with every fight you just like be <laughs> 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 walking on eggshells. Mm. Um, how is it working now? I communication. I'm also on meds now. Yeah. So, in the past, I wasn't always on meds. So, I think that kind of changes it. Mm. I'm on antidepressants now, um, which has helped. Um, I'm very – I'm I'm, quite an open person. Like, I'm private mm. on certain things, but I'm also – I'm an open book because there are certain things that I think hold, harbor a lot of shame mm. And my way of fighting that is by talking about it. Um, so with my partner, I told him, I was like, I've got, mm, I'm depressed and all this, I'm on medication. and I was like, okay, cool. I guess thanks for letting me know. Yet yeah, I haven't had a lot of depressive episodes during this relationship. I have had panic attacks. Mm. And fuck, mm. were they horrible.
0: Mm.
1: i actually don't know if i've told you this brie but we went out to dinner one time and it was at this really nice place it was fancy like planned for it got all dressed up and you girls know me i'm not a fancy person i'm such a rugged like just give me an oversized hoodie <laughs> and my skinny jeans and that. i'm good <laughs> yeah like, but I do like to get dressed up every now and then. And but I guess, like, this, I there was so much pressure that I was putting on myself for the state to, like, be really nice. Mm-hmm. And then we walked in and I felt quite out of place. I was just, like, on edge. Yeah. I was already on edge. And then, like, the tiniest thing set me off. And then I could feel that I started – I was – I was going through a panic attack. So my panic attacks in the past were very physical. I would hyperventilate, lose control of my body. Um, I've learned to deal with that, I guess. Like, I, I know how to control. I know how to control my breathing now. Unfortunately, it hasn't stopped the panic attacks like I thought it would. I honestly thought if I just learned to control my breathing, I would stop having panic attacks. No, I still have them. They just manifest in a different way the way they manifest now is I cry uncontrollably. So at this restaurant, oh, I had a panic attack and I started crying uncontrollably.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, oh, far out. I just, I wanted to crawl under the table, <laughs> bore my eyes out. But even that wouldn't have made a difference because the table didn't have a tablecloth that went all the <laughs> way to the floor. So people... <laughs> You're oh, on the story. Story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and like, again, so we mentioned how control is such a big thing for me, right? I was so furious with myself for having a panic attack on a date that was so important to me. Mm. And I was trying to control myself to stop crying. My partner started asking what was wrong.
0: Yeah,
1: I didn't want to answer because I knew if I answered, I would lose control and I would have just erupted so it was like this freaking tension like tug of war thing of me trying to control myself but also tell my partner what was going on so that he wouldn't freak out or like think it was him and I just could like it feels like I sat there trying to hold back tears ignoring my partner for a solid 20 minutes I actually don't know the time (laughs) because <laughs> everything feels a lot longer we ended up leaving he was like do you want to just get some fresh air and I was like yeah I do and we went out got some fresh air drove back home and I was still trying to fight off this panic attack I'm not sure if you two have had panic attacks but um for those of us who haven't had panic attacks what happens is your body kind of it gets really tense during the attack and then as soon as the attack is over it's like your body just deflates. The way I explain it is, do you know, do you remember when we were kids and there were those toys that um, were kind of like on a platform and it had strings all through the, the arms and the legs and there was a button. Yeah, there was a button on the platform. You press it and the toy just collapses. That's what the end of a panic attack feels like. You press the button and your body just goes and collapses. That happened to me on the drive back. And I was fucking exhausted. Like, it honestly felt like I had just got in the biggest hiding of my life. Yeah. We be- get back home and my partner's like, what's wrong? And I eventually explain it. And I'm like, I want to break up. <laughs> yeah. You don't deserve this. So guilt, a lot of guilt. I was like, I ruined this dinner.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm still having panic attacks despite being on medication, despite knowing my breathing techniques and working out and trying to be all so proactive about it. It's still happening. Mm. I couldn't control the, what is it called? So, like, when you have anxiety as well, you catastrophize everything. Really? I couldn't control that. Mm. Like, I can't explain to you what happened. And it was the tiniest thing that set me off. I What set me off was I accidentally interrupted the waiter and I felt so rude. Mm. That was it. Mm. Not a big deal, right? It was just like, "Oh, dude, I'm sorry." Uh, uh-uh. uh. I like catastrophized the whole thing. I was like, "I'm a horrible human. I'm not kind. I'm not nice. That's something my partner values as someone who's kind and nice, and I'm not that. They're gonna want to break up with me." Like, it just became this massive thing that I could not control, and I was like, "I want to break up. We need to break up." I was like, "What is happening here? Like, how did you?" Right, like when we first started this conversation and you were like one sentence will be said and you're like this is you're five years down the line yeah saying that this is what it means this is what needs to be done he was like what is happening and I explained it to him and I was like you deserve someone so much better you don't deserve someone like this and he was like you don't get to tell me what I deserve Mm. and he literally he asked me two questions he said do you think I am capable of making my own decisions I said yes it's like are you allowed to tell me that you don't make me happy if I'm telling you that you make me happy? And I said, no. And he was like, right. It's like, okay, fine. That makes sense. And it just stopped.
0: (laughs) I love that. Can you highlight to me what was really important about the way he showed up in your relationship during this time? He
1: was there for me. The fact that he was like, what do you need? Do you want to go outside and get fresh air? And then just let me go through everything that I needed to go through. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, he didn't expect an explanation, but you girls know me. I'm such an over (laughs) explainer. He allowed me to explain myself, really listened and was like, okay, let's talk about it. And I'm such a logical person. So in those episodes, I I think that's why it frustrates me so much because it's not logical. Mm -hmm. And I really pride myself on being logical. So the fact that he held space for me to go through everything. And I guess that's what was quite frustrating at the start. That's why I um, was getting more and more frustrated at the start of the panic attack was because he was asking me, what's wrong, I want you to talk to me and was getting quite frustrated that I wasn't telling him. But when that stopped, it was really good. And we had a conversation about it and I told him, I said, I need you to not push when I'm in that phase. I, I told him, I was like, I'll make a promise. I promise to tell you what's wrong, but you have to promise to let me do it in my own time.
0: Yeah.
1: And he was like, cool deal. I love that. Yeah.
0: It's so like, because as soon as you're explaining the situation, I was like the amount of vulnerability here (laughs) is amazing from you and from him. Yeah. Being able to show up in that space just as you are and to be seen and heard. And I can imagine, very scary for him not really having the whole story he's sitting there going yeah what have I done
1: yeah vulnerability thing is such mm-hmm. an important right like it's fucking hard to be vulnerable absolutely it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable with yourself not even like with someone else mm-hmm. so what really helped in that situation I like I guess in just the relationship completely is I have support to be vulnerable yeah and I will just downright say, hey, I really, I want to ask you something, but I feel really bad about asking this. And he's like, no, just ask it. And it's always like, okay, fine. Like, I'm glad you asked. Like, I just, I'm allowed to be vulnerable. It's like, yeah.
0: it's good. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, because Brie was telling me about how, like, you're reading Brené Brown, one of her books. Oh, have you read the shame one? I thought it was just me, but it isn't. No, no, I haven't.
1: You have to read. My arms are flailing for all you <laughs> podcast listeners. I am so into this. You have to read that book. You have I'm already planning on rereading it. I don't know when I want a little bit of a break. I'm gonna read that book like I don't know, once a year. It is so good, Leash. You have to everyone has to read I Thought It Was Just Me, but it isn't by Brene Brown.
0: Okay. Hear that people? Everybody has to read that. Yeah. I there is not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But we don't mind being haunted, So We uh, mentioned
0: her in the last one as well. So I'm like, every, every episode, like, I love that. I think. But tag it's, her. It's so important in this area, right? It's our, our relationships, our, like, our sex lives, everything like this mm. is going to be affected by shame and then mm. by vulnerability. Because to yep. get through that shame mm. cycle that we go through, you're going to have to be vulnerable. Yeah. And turn up in there. So what did you take from that? Like, Wh- what was your big takeaway from the book? Oh,
1: oh my gosh. How do I pick just one? <laughs> okay, can I give you two? I love yes. it. Let's do it. Okay, the one of the big ones, and this was, I guess, what really got me into, into the book because it was quite a slow start and then I had this realisation and I was like, oh, keep reading, keep reading, keep reading, was understanding that the shame that I harbour, so with shame, there are two elements, right? of how you know what shames you. You have what you want people to see you as, Mm. what you don't want people to see you as. So, okay, what okay, one of the biggest things for me is my intelligence. I want people to see me as smart. I don't want people to see me as unintelligent. Mm. And I specifically use the word unintelligent, not dumb, because intelligence to me is like academic. Mm. That's what I mean by like intelligence and being smart. So with those two things, I I have a lot of shame. So if I don't get an A plus 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 plus, like if, honest to God, if I don't get ninety nine percent, I'm not happy. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, I've never got a ninety nine percent, so I've never been happy. That's why I hated uni because I was holding myself to this unrealistic standard. Yeah. So understanding the things that shame you, why? So I'm like, okay, I want to be seen as intelligent. or or smart and I don't want to be seen as unintelligent when I sometimes when I see someone get a grade lower than mine or kind of stumble in their academic life as everyone does um I would and I would only say this to myself because I don't like being mean um I'd be like I don't know like put them down in my head like oh haha oh you didn't study enough you know like project the shame And continue that cycle of shame that like drives me freaking crazy. But then here I am doing it to someone else. Mm -hmm. And so one of my big takeaways from that book is realizing that the reason why I do that is because I harbor, that's my shame trigger, is intelligence. Mm -hmm. So with someone else, I will project. Mm -hmm. So that's a very, that was one of the big ones. And then the second one that's really good is, I can't remember the terminology she uses, but you have people in your shame corner Mm. and then you have like shame triggers, I guess. I'm, I know I'm not using the right terminology, but essentially you have people that support you and are there for you when you're feeling shame. They will be there for you. They'll hold space for you. And then you have people that are the ones that trigger you that bring out the shame in you. They make you feel shamed. Mm. And that was one of the biggest takeaways because I realized that, when I was going through all the um, examples of shame triggers and who's in your circle. Cause the thing is you can have your shame support group for one aspect and not necessarily for the other aspect. So for example, I mean, this isn't true, but I'm using this as an example. My mum will be in my shame circle, like uplifting for me being intelligent. Right. But she may be a trigger for me being big, me being thinking I'm fat. You know, like it doesn't have to be, yes, yeah, Definitely. the same. But one of the, and I'm so blessed, and I'm so happy. And this is gonna sound so cheesy, but one of the things that I am so freaking happy about that I realized when I was reading that and going through all the examples of triggers was that I have the McQuades. So for those not. That don't know Alicia and Bree are the quaids. I, I have both of you that are in my shame support group for literally every single example of shame. Mm. And like I cannot tell you how lucky I feel that I have not one, but two people that I can go to for literally anything and not have to worry. Like I'm so glad I don't have to go to you, like Bree, panic attacks. Uh, but then not come to you for like body dysmorph- dysmorphia you know like I can do it for both
0: that's 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 pretty big actually because I do forget how sometimes I might go to somebody about one thing but because they trigger me in another I can't go either. yeah
1: that- and I would feel guilty
0: yeah
1: like with you know how best friends like I go to her for everything my whole life I've never had a best friend because there's not one person while well, there is now but there's not there wasn't one person that I could go to for everything, I would always have to like divvy it up. Yes. Yeah.
0: And that, that's so, that's so energy draining. (laughs)
1: It's like, Oh my God. Especially when they'd be like, well, why did you go to her and not me? And I can't believe I have to justify myself when I'm already in a bad space. Like go away.
0: Exactly. Like I've got my own shit right now. I don't, thanks for making me feel shame for like feeling shame. Yeah. Yeah. God. Oh, and we love you so much. We definitely had you, um, Wanted you to say those nice things about us, yeah, so people. Will, <laughs> it, yeah.
1: Little plug. Woo, Thank you. Give, <laughs> give me the. I'll give you my bank details after this. By the way, it's not six hundred dollars collectively; it's each, so twelve hundred. <laughs> I, I love,
0: love that, mate. It. Oh, um, <laughs> But I really, I like it because I feel it's really interesting for me. Because some relationships, I'm really good at turning up vulnerable. I think you know my mm. friends have predominantly been a space and my family, like some of my family relationships, but I'm really bad at doing it in romantic relationships. Like my control, Mm. like my need for control turns up so significantly in romantic relationships. And that when you were talking about intelligence, it was, ah, yes. If I'm on a date or I'm dating someone and there is any question about my intelligence or if, if I don't feel intelligent enough to answer that question, such a, it's such a trigger for me. The amount of shame, the amount of guilt, the amount of sitting there for hours afterwards, wondering if reflecting. That was intelligent enough. Or how How do you react? I, (laughs) I shut down. I will just be like, I'm dumb. Do you do that or do you get defensive? Um, Both probably. It really depends on what it's about. Sometimes I will get defensive and be like, no, you just didn't understand me appropriately. (laughs) I think because I've, I've had it, like I had that, um, a friends with benefits relationship for like, on and off, eight years, and that has yeah. always made me question my intelligence. Mm. I think ever since like, after that, when I've been on the dating scene, if I feel triggered in that same way, I get quite defensive because I'm like, No, I'm really sick of shutting down and making and make having you f- make me feel like that. Yeah, or that, I mean, they're not making me like I recognize yeah. my own reaction, but so I'll get defensive, like, No, you can't do this to me, you've got to stop taking away from my worth. But I have, I mean, recently I've had it still. And I have shut down. You know, my body, mm. like, I just get so tense. I don't want to talk anymore. I'm not even listening yeah. to them. Yeah.
1: It's uh, it's actually not funny. It's quite sad. Because I do exactly the same thing now, right? And you shut down. Yeah. And you don't listen. And for my partner, that is one of his triggers to, right. to not be listened. So, like, that's where the frustration get comes from. It's like, yeah. you're not listening. It's like, how can I listen when I'm freaking out over here? Exactly. But, like, what's really... And I think this kind of ties into your question about relationships and um, mental health, and how do I show up and how do I deal with it? I explain everything. Mm-hmm. so I try to be very open and I like I like to think and reflect, so I know why I'm acting in a certain sort of way. So if, for example, on a date like you mentioned, you get really defensive or you shut down. Mm-hmm. After that. I will message my partner and be like, hey, I'm really sorry for how I acted. This is why I'm apologizing because I, like, don't value um, the type of behavior that I displayed. Um, and this is why I acted this way. Mm. And, again, it's really good because he holds space for me. And, like, he's like, yeah, okay, explain. And he's like, that's okay. You know, because it makes it's kind of like a way of mourning or getting, like, closure, getting over. It. It's like. When I know I've explained myself, then I can move on.
0: I, absolutely. Because if you don't, it just sits there. It's like this really horrible rock on the pit. Yeah. Of, and And I feel like they're thinking about it, but they're not. <laughs> you think that, that and you think that, that is suddenly all they can see in you. Is that yeah. you? and yeah. I have to agree with you, like my most, you know, I'm at the right relationship I'm in at the moment. Owning my shit, really Mm. like taking responsibility for my reactions to things, knowing that half of them are based on a story I've made up. Yeah. And then saying to them, hey, look, I've like, this is what I'm assuming about this, and Mm. this is why I've reacted this way. Can you please help me get through this to some extent? It is recognizing it, communicating about it. And then it's up to them because we can't get reaction to it, Mm. which is so scary. And you know, particularly when you do love someone. And you want them to love you back and see you fully. But when you open up and you say, this is why I was such a shit person, right? They can turn around and go, no, I think you're just a shit person.
1: Yeah. What's interesting is like, I think the reason why we get scared is because we don't love ourselves. Yeah,
0: definitely. With those qualities. Yes. Mm -hmm. We think we should be perfect. And yeah, 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. When like those pieces we want to work on and improve, but we should see that as beautiful, right? If we mm. the ability, that, the ability to self reflect on those type of qualities, we should love about ourselves. Yeah, not everybody has an ability to self reflect.
1: Yeah, my that's one of my favorite things about myself is my yeah. ability to self reflect. And it, like carrying on from this, what's also a really good tool that I use is if I feel vulnerable or I see a situation where I will feel vulnerable, I like kind of red flag it. Mm. So, for example, carrying on with the whole intelligence thing, since that's such a big thing for me, um, I was asking my partner about information about um, an assignment that I'm working on, and I had shown him past assignments. And and I told him, I said, I really want to show you some of my past assignments. Because, and he knows that intelligence for me is a big thing, and he knows that no one other than the person marking my assignment has seen it. Mm. Um, he knows it's a big deal. And I said, I want to show you my, a past assignment of mine to show you how much I love you and how much I trust you. And that was a big thing. And he was like, okay. And I sent him one. And so we joke around a lot, right? And I could see that this is a really big vulnerability issue for me with my intelligence. And yes, I joke around a lot. But because this is such a big trigger of mine, I could foresee it. So I red flagged it to him. I said, listen, please don't make any jokes about the assignment being bad. We don't have to talk about it after because I will get upset and I'll feel like I can't trust you and like, it'll just really hurt. Mm-hmm. He he's like, yep, completely understand. And yeah, so, and I felt like it was a peace of mind for me to be like, I've said that this is going to upset me if it happens. So the
0: ball's it's, in your court. It's amazing. I mean, you reflected before the event occurred. It's another step to be taking, right? It's going, okay, how am I showing up before the situation? Because I know what I'm going to be like after mm-hmm. this. Like, hey, look, I, I want to do this for you. But if you have this reaction, I want you to know that this would be, be my reaction. Yeah. It's preempting all these situations. I'm such a planner.
1: That's why I'm like thinking yeah. when I'm quiet, my partner's like, what, what are you thinking about? I'm like, nothing. Because I don't want to say I'm thinking about all these scenarios yeah. that might not happen, but I'm putting them in, in the file or maybe so I can just whip it out and be like hey this is how I'm going to react I think based off
0: this 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 based on the thousand scenarios I came up with in my head
1: (laughs) and it's like it honestly depends on the weather it depends on the time of day it depends on if I've eaten what I'm wearing what the scent is what music is playing like there's a lot to think (laughs) about okay
0: I just want to quickly ask as well like how have you navigated sex in a new relationship
1: it was so like this sounds so cheesy, but it was honestly so natural.
0: Yeah. Like. So nice for Sunday.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that that that's, I'm giving you like a, a snippet of the first time. When you say sex, do you are you referring to penetration or is it anything?
0: No. So when I talk about sex, I'm actually just talking about anything. I don't see sex as penetration.
1: Oh. Okay. Okay. So I was referring to it as penetration. So it can be. Are you? Ref- it can be like making out.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's, it's really what, it's, it's I a see, spectrum, it, really, no. it's a spectrum, but it's also, mm. it's up to you how you really take it and what you, how you want to discuss it.
1: Okay, I'm going to be typical me and over-explain, so it still was very organic, organic, oh my God, what a term, okay. vegan as well. <laughs> Before this relationship, there was someone else that was very casual, um, mm. And that was a very horrible experience. Like, yeah, I'm not sure how much I can talk about it. Mm -hmm. What needs to be known so that the story makes sense is that it was not a very nice experience after the fact, during it was fine, after the fact it was like fucking horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there were a lot of emotions that I, just w- had not worked through, wasn't working through, hadn't even acknowledged to have the chance to work through, like everything. I hadn't, obviously I hadn't talked to Bree, so I wasn't being held
0: accountable. <laughs> <laughs> A worst decision of your life.
1: <laughs> and so w- with my current partner, when it started, when we first made out, I, it was fine, and then – and it's so interesting talking to my counselor about this because she, like, stopped and she was like, honey, this is PTSD. <laughs> I was like, what? Mm. The past experience came into my head. Yeah. And it was just, like – it turned into such a weird moment because it was, like, me being fully in the moment, enjoying it, to all of a sudden, like, my brain's taken me back to this one experience that's horrible. And, like, my brain was kind of merging the two. Mm. And so I was – enjoying it and then when a hand would move somewhere, I'd flinch or I'd grab the hand and push it away. Yeah. And I was very firm with myself in saying that, like, just do whatever you want. And and I talk to myself a lot when I'm like in that weird mind space. So I push him away and I was like, no, we need to stop. Or like made it very clear that we weren't gonna move forward with anything. It wasn't go- gonna go anywhere more than what had happened and it was it's so funny because we've talked about this after like months after it happened and I actually explained to him as well I said this is what was going through my mind and he was like I honestly because he's saying like let's move into the next room and I was like nah I don't know what you're trying to do here because you know for and I'm, I feel like girls can relate a bit well not necessarily girls but like people who've been who have had a bad experience can relate right because it's like they only want one thing why are they saying go to the next room? And I was like, and I got so sassy. I was like, I don't know what you think is going to happen. <laughs> Nothing is going to happen more than this. And he was like, I know, like I didn't ask for it. And like, we know that in that moment consent, yes. And this is what, this. just as an aside, this is what really pisses me off. when People are like, what do you want me to sa- ask them? Do you want to have sex? And It's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? But also consent isn't just that, Like you can tell by their actions. You can like fucking read the room body yeah like anyway and so I was like whatever of course he's going to say like I'm not asking for it and so it's, I'm laughing because when we spoke about it a couple of months after he was like honestly I was so uncomfortable where we were I just wanted to move to be more comfortable <laughs> and then after that there was another incident where again like making out and my mind took me somewhere. And I really ruined the moment because I was like, just started questioning him about really irrelevant stuff. The poor boy was so confused. He was like, where is this coming from? And I told him, I said, one thing you've got to get used to with me is I ask random questions all the time because my mind just wanders. And it makes sense to me because I know what's going on in my mind. I just don't register that the other person doesn't know what I'm thinking. So it is really random when I say, hey, what's your favorite? banned when we're watching a movie you know like it's just it's all over the place but when it's in- oh well wow, it's so interesting like speaking about speaking talking through it because i realize now that my mind stopped wondering and second guessing what was happening when we were like yep let's be in a relationship yeah. it was almost like a security blanket you know Whereas before that, it was fine. I was having fun. But because I knew how much I liked him, Mm. I kept self-sabotaging. And I was like, well, he doesn't like me. He just wants me for this.
0: Mm. When
1: in reality, that wasn't the case. But it's because, I don't know, sabotaging ways.
0: Self-sabotage. But I mean, like we were saying before, the messages and stuff that come up, like boys only want one thing. Yes you got to watch yourself because like, you don't want to give yourself away too soon. I mean, so you, you, of course that comes up, right? All these little messages suddenly affect our behavior. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's really interesting. And it takes a while to, like, navigate through. Mm. Obviously, it changed for you once you were like, cool, official relationship. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah.
1: The first time that I had sex, I bled, mm. which is normal, right? he was just super chill lying down and I was like I bled and he was like yeah I know and I started apologizing I'm really sorry he was like no it's okay I have other bed sheets <laughs> oh no he said no no it's okay and I was like but it got on your sheet and he was like that's okay I've got another one like I'll just wash this
0: yeah.
1: and then I just sat there he was like hey is everything okay I was like yeah I just feel bad for bleeding he was like that's silly like
0: yeah
1: it's funny because he didn't hold the space because he didn't know mm. that I was actually really upset and he was like well, "What? what why are you apologizing for this and he was like oh I'm not grossed out by blood like I don't have a phobia he thought I was worried that he had a phobia and I was like no I'm just sorry and he was like hey come here and like gave me a hug and then when we were just like laying in bed I whispered and I and I didn't have control over it again like I was in the other (laughs) other realm Mm -hmm. and I whispered and I said am I going to hear from you tomorrow Mm -hmm. and it was like Honestly, it was like 80%. Am I going to hear from you tomorrow because I bled? And 20%? Am I going to hear from you tomorrow because you got what you wanted? Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's mm. so painful.
1: Spoiler alert, um, I did hear from him the next day <laughs> and every day
0: since then. <laughs> <Damn> so, <it. laughs> such a vulnerable moment for you to even whisper that. Yeah, I obviously needed to say. Yeah. Because- the security and you wanted the stability of going I am here I mean that's what we want we just want to be like I'm here the shit Mm. and I'm still here Mm. like it's hard because they there's other things he probably could have said but even to turn up and be like what are you talking about like I'm why would I react in a bad way to this
1: yeah like he just did not get it and that wasn't the only time that I was like fully apologetic because I bled a couple of other times when you have sex for the first time you may bleed you may not yes exactly if you do bleed there's don't have this expectation of how much blood there's going to be it changes from person to person also you may bleed the second third and fourth time definitely that is something i did not know and freaked out because it happened for the first honestly five times and i was like what is going
0: on like what the fuck because we're not taught anything like there's no yeah and and we're not also taught that we're all different so like what yeah this is gonna be different i was bleeding during sex for years after i'd had sex like when i was 24 so there was no indication and it is a scary thing so uh, yeah yeah
1: i even asked my mum, like hey when you have sex um, and you bleed, like, I'm kind of worried about that, and she was like, oh, don't worry, you're not going to bleed a lot, like, I only had, like, a little bit of, like, a little drop, mm. even that is so, like,
0: problematic, because that was not the case for me, yeah. so it honestly changes, mm-hmm. and the thing is, it's like, it could be a symptom of another issue, so if, yeah. you, if you are worried or concerned, it's like, absolutely go to your doctor, always and your- ask, yeah. always 100%. check 100%, there and you know, there are um, physical issues that can cause it. Yeah. Other times it can just be normal.
1: Yeah, just for peace of mind, I go to the doctors. Yeah. I mean, that in itself, like, there's such privilege with even being able to go to a doctor for something like this. Like, not only the transport to get there, but the cost of the doctor as well. Yeah. Like, it's so expensive. If I wasn't at uni and, like, had um, heavily subsidised uh health center like going to a doctor I wouldn't have gone Mm. like I just not people don't always have the money but if you do if you do have the resources 100% go and just get checked like I went to the doctor and I was freaking I was like hey so I bled and I know that you're supposed to but it happened again Mm. and they were like this is fine there might be a tear but and they just explained it they were like Mm. um because of how much blood is down there if there is a tear or a cut or whatever, it generally heals a lot quicker, so it should be fine. But again, if it was very problematic, they could have done whatever other tests, right? So like, just don't freak out if you don't bleed. If you do bleed, don't freak out at how much you bleed. If you keep bleeding, again, like, don't freak out, but go and check for peace of mind if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no normal, right? Like, we can't say, oh, it's so normal to bleed, like, for two years after.
0: It could be normal for you, but it's not like a.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's so. Oh. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: I think that's very true. And I think that's, to be honest, in a lot of the space, that's true for everything, right? Like, you, yeah. you get to know your normal yeah. and stop comparing yeah. to something else's normal.
1: And also, your normal can change. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why we talk for so long? <laughs> 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 so good. I just wanted to ask you, cause like I was listening to your episode on headscarves and good yarns. Yes. I thought it was really interesting that you talked about sex and the taboo of sex in the Arab and Kiwi cultures and how, mm-hmm. you know, they're different cultures, but in both cultures, sex is taboo and yep. might be in different ways. You know, it's only really discussed still amongst close friends and family. What I loved is that you highlighted that you don't abide by these societal <laughs> limitations, you know? I, I, I listened to that part and I was like, heck, fuck, with the <laughs> And I want to know, like, why is it important to you that we talk about sex and things to do with sexuality and normalise it?
1: Because it is dangerous if we do not full stop It is not just about we should be more open. Yes, we should, but it is straight up dangerous. Yeah. Like, yes, sex is pleasurable, but there are so many health consequences. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of like the simplest analogy or story I can use. Being told when you're young that if you want a child or Yeah, if you want a child, it's when a man and a woman get married and then they have sex to have a baby. Mm -hmm. The reason why I'm saying this is dangerous is because you've put these rules around it. You have to be a man and a woman. So if I'm not into um, men, if I'm not into women, if I'm not into anything, something's wrong, Mm -hmm. dangerous, Mm -hmm. because mental health issues.
0: Being told you're wrong. I mean, what's more? And with
1: no explanation. Yes
0: no justification for any of it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, just as an aside, like, there is no justification for that. I don't care no. what you say. There's no justification for that. It is not wrong. Mm. You can believe it, but the, the justification is not there. <laughs> um,
0: Personal opinions, um, you know, I'll bet people do think they are facts. Yeah. Not yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, show me your resources. <laughs> <laughs> How, How many is things before. did you cite? <laughs> so yes dangerous man and woman dangerous because if you're not into a man or a woman or like the opposite gender or if you're not attracted at all to anybody dangerous mental health uh married or uh, well you have to have a baby
0: mm.
1: or you, you you have sex to have a baby you've taken pleasure out of it yes. so when you feel like oh I'm really into that person I don't know why but I kind of just want to be like mm, all up in their grill I just want to kiss them I just want their I'm a freak. Why? I don't want a baby. Dangerous. Yes, I'm simplifying it, but I have to simplify it because there are some people out there that have simple minds. You have to be married and want a baby. Yeah. You have not spoken about safe sex, about protection. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, I know I'm oversimplifying it, but as far as I'm concerned, I can have sex with this, Guy and I won't get pregnant because we're not married. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm. You know, I know that I've fully oversimplified it. I'm just trying to like break it down as much as I can. But it is
0: dangerous if we don't talk about this. Absolutely. And I think you've highlighted it because you you say you're breaking it down and making it simple. But some people, if they've had no other information come in, that is what they'll believe. What is it?
1: contraception for example I remember reading this you know how like on Facebook sometimes you have like those funny memes or it's like haha look at how dumb these people are and you kind of like laugh at the others Mm. it was about all those contraception stories and one of the stories I just like laughed and rolled my eyes but like the point you made just now is so true it's all about the information you've been fed it was this couple um she was on the pill. She didn't like taking the pill. So the guy took the pill instead and they got pregnant and they didn't understand because he was taking the pill. So it's like, we look at that and we like, ah, ha, ha, ha. What the hell? You're so stupid. But actually That's we, I- we need to break it down. This is why it needs to be in schools. Yeah. This is why there needs to be podcasts. This is why there needs to be books like mm-hmm. the younger, the better. I'm not saying talk about pleasure and well, If you want to, go for it. But I'm not saying talk about every little facet yeah. the first time your seven-year-old asks you what sex is. Like, you are an adult. Use your brain. I get so frustrated when people are like, oh, what? so should I be telling them about this in, like, doggy style and all these positions?
0: Um, if you think that is appropriate, that's on you. Uh-huh. But people are jumping down the rabbit hole of these adult conversations rather than yeah. going, actually, what are they trying to ask me here? And we don't try to yeah. care children. What do you want to know about this? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it is just so dangerous. Like I, throughout all of high school, I took health class even when it became um, optional. And my mum really pushed me for that, pushed me to that, sorry. She was like, you have to take this. You have to know what's going on in your body. It's so important. Uh, And I'm so glad that I did it. And I think I'll be pushing it on my kids as well. But what's also important is... uh, like, there were elements in there that she was kind of like, you don't need to know that. But now I'm like, I'm so glad I know that stuff. Mm. Like, contraception. I'm so glad I know- I'm not going to go to my mom about contraception right now. Yeah. Right? And that's another reason why I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to talk about it. Because creating a or having an environment where it's taboo and where it's not safe to talk means that people don't have the information and will be in tricky situations by themselves. Not only is it hard to think that you're a freak, it is hard to think that you're a freak by yourself and not be able to talk to anyone else about it. So I will talk about it openly in whatever context. I do not care if I cause offense to you because my thinking is I will do that so that in case there's one person in that room who is thinking, Fuck, what if I'm pregnant? I don't know what to do. Or I kind of want to have sex, but like, I don't know. You know, like, maybe I'm gay, but I don't know. And I have no one to talk to. So I talk openly about it so that people know that it's okay. And so that one person, either in that room or honestly, even someone that walks past and like overhears. Or let's say you and I are having a conversation and then you go and tell another friend and you're like, oh, Thorea was saying this. Like, I totally don't agree. She's so crazy doesn't matter because that person might think something else the information gets spread and then that person knows hey there's at least one other person like me or yep. there's at least one other person that i might be able
0: to talk to I and think, it's just so um, important i i mean i hear you i think that is amazing i mean it just spreads out right it gets just a ripple effect and you need but you need to cast the stone for the ripple to even be possible yeah. I remember how freeing it felt for me, how liberating it was to learn that it was normal to masturbate at the age of three or four, that children have some sort of exploration of masturbation and of their Mm -hmm. genitals at that age, because you've got lots of hormones, your pleasure receptors. And I just, my mind was blown. I think I must've been 19. I don't know, somewhere around that age, quite late. And I had a lot of shame about being young and masturbating for years and years and years and to go, oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. In fact, a majority of kids did that. And I had
1: no idea. I'm 26. Exactly. I've literally, what? this conversation, you telling me, I'm like, wait,
0: what? <laughs> I, and that infuriated me because mm. all of us were alone when we were actually having this shared collective experience, which couldn't be. Mm beautiful it didn't have to be sexual it was this yeah. explorative thing like you said and we could have all been talking or discussing it in a healthy way when we were younger if you can say one thing and say it in front of a person who has been affected by this or knows yeah. it, they pass it on there is so much power in that. I just I love that and why is it so important knowing it having the tools and the conversations and even the research, because we don't want to talk about it in society, the dearth of research is horrifying, particularly mm. around sexuality for a woman. I mean, most of the research is done around men. There's very few research around like women, female orgasms. Mm. And I grew up thinking there was one type of orgasm for women and there are more than four to five different types of orgasms. Mm. And so like that, that has so much power. We don't realize this has an ongoing effect in on so many industries and so many fields. Yeah. But yeah. I
1: love that. There's um, on Netflix, I actually have been meaning to tell you girls about this on Netflix. If you have Netflix, the goop lab, G O O P. With Good. Gwyneth Paltrow. One of the episodes is about the female orgasm. You have to watch it. The whole time I was watching it, I was thinking of you, but <laughs> in that way, maybe
0: you were like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: but yeah, it's just so important.
0: Okay, so I'm going to gonna wrap it up. I want to just quickly let me know, why do you think people, you talked about pleasure before. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know, do you think people owning their own pleasure is important? And why? Yeah, I
1: do think it's important to own your own pleasure because if you decide to have sex with another person, like however many, but like th- it's not just you, you know, <laughs> Yeah. It makes it a lot more fun you guys, take my word for it. Like
0: <laughs> Exactly.
1: It makes it a lot more enjoyable. Not just like being able to orgasm or like the physical touch of it, but being able to communicate. Yeah. It's empowering to be like I know what I like. And yeah, I get it like there's a lot of um I feel like there's a lot of fear in being vocal in the bedroom. Yes. I understand why that is there. Um I can't really relate to like i understand why it exists i haven't experienced it though because i'm such a vocal person <laughs> but again it's very empowering and you're making the other person's job a lot easier as well in my experience the other person really likes it likes that if you're with someone who is threatened by that do not think it is you that is a journey they have to go on and like if you feel comfortable enough to tell that other person that it's their issue and they need to deal with it you have my support and I really encourage it if you don't feel comfortable doing that or you don't feel safe doing it obviously don't but don't think that it's your fault Mm. to know what you like and talk about it that's called insecurity on their part and they need to (laughs) work through it
0: I told you you would have so many nuggets it's not often that you actually get a, a really honest person. And I think that's also why mm. it was just a given you'd be on here because you, your nuggets come from your vulnerability and honesty. Mm. And I just want to really just hail you right now. And thank you. Sorry, bow <laughs> down to the, the goddess of the rain. <laughs> So thank you so much. I've, I've learned. Thank the, you for creating the platform. It needs to be spoken about, honestly. Thanks, babe. I'm super grateful. Super grateful. All right, everyone. So that wraps up Thorea's story. Oh, isn't she just fucking amazing? I'm so grateful to her having come on. The best thing about this is it's really just me recording conversations that I'll have it on a daily basis anyway. And I'm just so appreciative that other people want to engage with this it's awesome right like how cool is it to be a fly on the wall when other people are talking about this yeah I really hope you enjoyed that stick around because there is an extra five minutes on this episode and it's what I'm going to label as the candid corner they're just a few cut pieces from other parts of our conversation and yeah they're just a little bit of fun so if you want to listen to it have a listen if you're not interested you know you can stop right here other than that have a fantastic day everyone
1: I just want to grow a penis for a day and just be like I know because they're honestly like as soon as you like they're like Who? I'm like, "What? <laughs> what is this I want to know what
0: that feels like it's so fascinating. they're just they're amazing I think this all the time like oh my gosh if I had a penis for a day it would be I would do so much with it oh so much so much, so much. first I'd have to explore it myself figure out like yeah. what's this all about what's the mechanics of it yeah well that feels good Ooh. I asked him all the time you know what's gonna suck peeing because you just you don't know how to do it straight away you know it's gonna be it's a so whole. true peeing oh. that would take so long to get used and to him, it. Like, when they're hard. We ha-
1: he like explained it for like a solid 15 minutes to me because I was like I don't get it and he's like I need to pee and then I would keep like fooling around and he's like this is so frustrating and I'm like <laughs> what like it's so confusing or when he gets hired and like we're driving and he's wearing pants he's like oh this is why I like shorts it's so tight right now I'm like huh? I'm Like, trying to understand it all I
0: know. It, yeah you kind of cut you kind of forget that so much expands right so it's it's taking up a hell of a lot more space than typical whereas for us like nothing really like you get a slight engorgement or something, but it's not enough to be like, yeah. oh, my panties are now super tight on me. Yeah, not at all. It's
1: more just like, oh, cool, now I'm in a puddle and it's fucking annoying, but you just <laughs> go wipe yourself and you're all good. Like, if you catch it in time. Right. I cannot believe it was normal for me to touch myself. I know.
0: Welcome, so welcome. welcome. i give you a big hug for that because yeah. like... When you
1: said that, I was like, yes, leash, like her and I, and then you said there were multiple people and I was like, wait, what? I
0: know. Uh, and it really it really starts that conversation of, um, like, cause Leesh is a much better talking about it than I am around masturbation and how normal it is. And we both felt so much guilt from a young age and mm. shame around it. And you know, so it, it, I'm glad Leash. But I, just, I felt
1: guilt about it up until I was like 20.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Still it still comes out sometimes. Exactly. It still does. Mm. Sometimes I'm like, why do I masturbate in this way? Like why mm. do other people seem to have this relationship with masturbation? For me, it's the frequency. Yeah. I'm, I'm like you, when you talked about the frequency, I was like, oh my God, I completely get that. I can masturbate like three or four times a day. Mm. And yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm.
1: And for me, like masturbation isn't just like touching because you, you know how I mentioned that I can like pretty much think yeah. and like come close. Yeah. That's it for me. And like, <laughs> I'm embarrassed, but it's like, no. I'm like, when I'm at work, all day at work, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, fucking God. I think that is oh so good. But you know what's awesome is like I'm learning a lot more about I guess like spiritual journeys and sexuality. Like I listen to a lot of people who are much more spiritual than mm-hmm. I currently am. And they talk about like using that pleasure you feel during the day, like the orgasmic pleasure in your life. So it sounds like you're mm-hmm. already getting into that. You're yeah. like, you know what? I feel orgasmic a lot. And I'm I am just saying. I'm gonna do my thing. Yeah and tap into it and i'm not going to be shamed by it like yeah it is a gift okay yes. you do not waste <laughs> a gift <laughs> take it and you run with it and you just you love it like, i think that's so 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 good but yeah definitely the multiple like i remember telling like <laughs> a few people are dated when we talked about masturbation how often like when we talked about how and they're like oh you know sometimes it'll be two times a day sometimes it's just one sometimes i don't i'll <laughs> be like oh what about you like a couple of times a week or something <laughs> I mean, a day yeah exactly and and but the there was some um judgment there yeah i've had it when guys are like oh they hypersexualize the situation then they because hypersexual women um are worthless Yep. That comes into play. They're like, oh, but you yeah. want to more than me, or oh, you masturbate more than me. What's wrong with you?
1: And it's annoying because they're allowed to. And then I honestly think it's like their insecurities. They're like, Whoa, she's more so it's, like, it's not a competition.
0: No. I no. am
1: winning, but that's because I <laughs> wanted <win> everything.
0: <laughs> so that's been that's been a big thing. And that's why I
1: think It's honestly just insecurities. Like yeah. when with with my partner, with him, I'm like, the way I explain it is like I'm not dating a boy
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm dating a man
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's not insecure
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's like the biggest differentiation I can think of between a boy and a man like I'm just rolling my eyes cause I, like there's there are no words like whenever I freak out he's like I don't care about that yeah he's like okay cool mm-hmm. if he doesn't understand he'll be like oh really why mm-hmm. but it's never
0: like Wow. (laughs) Someone's (laughs) afraid. He's a secure person. I think sometimes we expect men to be this all secure thing and allowed to be insecure. Mm. But um yeah, he's a secure person and turning up uh, that is pretty incredible. Mm. Even I probably have an issue sometimes turning up like that because you have to remove yourself so much from societal judgments and also judgments about yourself, right? This You're is got- all in a book. You have to read the book. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good.